Some of the girls, some of the ladies, their lives are blurred. Their violence that they've had to endure has been so much that their brains sometimes separate into two people. Sometimes they just forget certain things. And maybe God made us that way. And it's just okay to forget certain things. Hello, and welcome to Invading the Darkness, stories from the fight against child sex trafficking, featuring Linda Smith, the founder of Shared Hope International. Join Linda as she shares stories from her 23 years of fighting the battle of domestic minor sex trafficking. Our desire is that each episode of Invading the Darkness will help you understand the importance of fighting child sex trafficking, as well as equip you to join in that fight. In this episode, Linda asks the question, what is rescue? She then tells the stories of several victims of trafficking and the part that Shared Hope had in rescuing them out of that life. People will ask me this question, what's in a rescue? I often want to say different things for different people, but I think an explanation of some of the rescues and what happened in those rescues would help. We believe in long-term restoration at Shared Hope International, but I get deeply connected at the heart with the people that I'm involved in rescuing. I want to tell you about a mother whose determination and her love for her child ended up in driving me to do another country, to do something I had never thought I would do. Well, early in the time of starting Shared Hope, the first village we partnered with and the first safe homes that we established for the women and children to flee to were in Mumbai, India. And as we worked with that partner, I started realizing that a lot of the women and children had been brought from Nepal, thousands of miles south, often drugged, but that they were desperately homesick. Homesick. The countries are different. The air was clear. Nepal had a higher elevation. It got cold in the winter. They were just different. The food, the smells, the music. They were just homesick. And you and I both know that all of us have things that kind of trigger that little bit of homesickness, whatever that means to us. But it usually means where we belong, what we remember as children. Maybe not just good memories, but... They were homesick for their own villages, their own language even. Well, the story of Shelva is one that was one of 37 women. The first thing that happened when we created safe places for them to flee to and then made sure they were safe and protected and had purpose for the day and and had training and just a safe place, these women I was meeting with in the safe houses that Shared Hope had established, and we were having this party because... I like parties, and they didn't ever seem to be happy. So I would find a place where we could have catered food, and we would sing and dance. And this time, I was trying to teach them the concept of time. Nobody else, nobody owned their time, which is really owning them. The concept of a watch would say, it's your time. Now, it shows how dumb I was. They weren't educated. They didn't know how to tell time. But they got the idea that they were valuable because the watches I got them were very nice watches, which I always think is the example of true love. When you give people something that is precious that they can see makes them even more precious because you've given them this gift. 
We were sitting around. She had her new watch. Shoba did. She, uh, we had flowers. Actually, we had some perfume. I didn't know why I included perfume, but all the things I thought that women might think were cool. And they were just having a blast. They love to dance. I've learned to dance more now that I've worked in many countries. And just dancing beautifully. I don't dance beautifully, but they do. And yet over kind of in the corner on a bench was Shoba. She was looking down. I have to say, I've never seen anybody so deeply distraught in a room of celebration. But she was deeply depressed, and she wanted to go home. And then I found out that she wanted her baby. I had the translator translate why she was so sad. And I talked to Shoba for a while, and she kept telling me, I want my baby. Ah, my mother's heart just sunk. I... I thought, I can't even imagine losing my baby. And then I heard her story over the years, but some of it that night by the interpreter. She was saying that they took her baby. She'd been married young, and, and the family of the groom was embarrassed by her to some extent because she had a low dowry, to some extent because she had a girl, didn't have a boy, so they chose another wife for their son. He left, and for 18 months she tried to find enough food to feed her and her little girl, but he just she just couldn't make it. So she was told about a job in India, and she did what she thought she had to do. She thought, well, at least maybe they'll keep her safe. So her husband, now remarries family, took the child and made her house servant. She could walk, that meant she could fetch, and she could bring things and food and help the new baby son. This little girl would not have even been in preschool at that point. All Shoba knew is that she had to find a way or she and their little girl would starve. Well, she heard about this job. She was pretty excited. The woman was really nice. She said, well, she'd help her get there and offered her some food, which was so rare that she had enough food for her and her baby, and it was meat. Protein is set. It's like a treat. We might want candy in America. They want protein because it's so expensive in these other countries. All of it is, but meat. So she ate this meat. That's all she remembered. Took a little drink, and like so many, she was drugged, heavily drugged and transported to Mumbai, India, which is where I started the ministry at Shared Hope International by, first of all, just providing places for these women and children to flee and then protecting them in different areas of Mumbai away from the brothel area. So Shoba was in the brothels being used for some time, several years, but she still called her little girl her baby because she was that when she left, just a toddler, not very old. And I'm not sure exactly, but she couldn't have been more than two or three years old. Maybe three. I don't know. Some of the girls, some of the ladies, their lives are blurred. Their violence that they've had to endure has been so much that their brains sometimes separate into two people. Sometimes they just forget certain things. And maybe God made us that way. 
and it's just okay to forget certain things. But I got back on the plane after that party knowing that I didn't even know how to find the remote village in Nepal. Started looking for other sources of partnership and developed a partnership fairly rapidly in Nepal to see if we could develop rescue homes there that we could move or allow some of these Nepali women from India to go back to. And in all of that whirlwind of activity, I was receiving some of the girls in the home in Nepal that were coming up, and some of them are going to be okay, I thought, but there was Shoba. I thought, oh my goodness, how can we find her little girl? She's here and going to look for her little girl. Well, you could see that I knew very little to that culture, and that's why we shouldn't go in and plan to do everything. We should be there and be servants of the people that are in the country that have passion too. And they started figuring out her dialect. Started figuring out probably where she came from. And started using jeeps to go out to villages. And sure enough, she recognized hers. So they set days and they just watched. Then one day, this little girl, they think probably six or seven, it's so hard, not very old, who was very, very skinny came out of this home. Shoba waved at her a little bit. She walked over to her. Pooja took her mommy's hand. They got in the Jeep and they came back to our safe house. Who am I to think I have any idea of how it would work for any one person? Now, the backstory of that, and some people say, you never should have done that, but somebody ended up giving some money to the family so that they would not file charges for kidnap against Shoba. They would just go away. And some people say, well, you never should give money. And I agree. When you go in and offer money and you say, I will pay this much money for a child, for sex or labor, somebody's going to bring you one. And most of the time in these countries, the parents love their children, but they're not enabled to protect them often. And how dare we not return their children if we can keep them safe to their parents? Just because they're in a bad situation doesn't mean you're going to do good things for them, to snatch them up and move them to another country or somewhere else. I've become more and more biased over the years to say I've met so many mothers who have lost their children, who with a little bit of help and a little bit of knowledge of where you've taken the child from, or you find the abused child or the trafficked child, you maybe can save the mother and child. So this is what Shared Hope does in rescue. Today, Pooja is married with their own little kids. And if you want to just go on and click on the podcast site on your phone, I'll show you some for pictures. Yes, I have the little girl picture and the mommy picture, but I also have her school picture. She was in private school, so we could protect her and educate her strong enough that she could go to college. You've got her college graduation, her marriage, her wedding pictures, and now her and her baby. See, that's true rescue. Shoba? Yes, she had some diseases. Yes, there were serious issues. But she now works and helps other women working out of the same village where she was close to when she was trafficked. She's gone back to help the women that had been trafficked from Nepal to Mumbai so she can be there and say, there's a way out. That's rescue. That's restoration. And that is what should be there, not us flying in, dropping in, doing a so-called rescue because you really need to know a lot about those people. Those people 
I don't even like that term, the people that you are supposed to be serving. So that's a rescue. And because you asked, I thought I would tell you one of the stories. Thank you for listening to Invading the Darkness, stories from the fight against child sex trafficking. If you would like to learn how you can help put an end to child sex trafficking, please visit sharedhope.org slash take action. New episodes of Invading the Darkness are released every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific. If you have enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a five-star rating as well as a written review.